0: we we'll begin our playoff prep, talk about Jamal Murray and MPJ, what their roles will be in the playoffs, what's important for them, the keys for each player. We'll preview the play-in game between the Wolves and the Lakers and talk about what's the best outcome for Denver, and we'll rank those in order. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Devon Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. We thank you for making us your first listen. We're available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can join the show and join folks hanging out in the comment section with us on the daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. Check out the pre- and post-game shows for every Nuggets game over at DMVR, as well as Nuggets content on the daily. Check out the locker room, or was it – I'm sorry. What's the name for the store? The Locker. Is it The Locker? Okay. The Locker, locker is right, awesome. Um um they have the best gear i think that having these kind of shirts it's not only that are, are you part of the dmvr community which is awesome but they're really genuinely creative and cool shirts like this in my, i look at a lot of this stuff across the country it is genuinely the most creative and best designed stuff i have seen for any local sports thing he's got the gotich shirt on today
1: john steichen wants to know red bull <laughs> if you're seeing Matt, he's drinking Red
0: Bull. Yeah, especially now. It's uh I did uh I did five podcasts yesterday and four yeah. columns. Um so a machine. Uh not not as much of a machine as I was in my thirties, my friend. Not as much of a machine as I was in my thirties. On today's show, we're gonna talk about Jamal Murray and PJ. We're gonna talk about their roles in the playoffs, about what are the keys for them, what we've seen from them this season in their first seasons back for major injury and what that's gonna tell us about the playoffs. Uh, We're also going to preview the play-in game tonight between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers, and we'll look at what the best and worst outcomes are for Denver based on uh, that game. We'll start by talking about Jamal Murray. The Denver Nuggets will not practice today, by the way, housekeeping No, They are not practicing on Tuesday. They will practice the rest of the week leading up to Sunday's game one versus an opponent to be determined on Friday. So getting them two days off makes a lot of sense. Um, They should be well-rested, so they're going to have had all sorts of time to recharge the batteries and be ready to go for the playoffs. Adam, let's start here. Uh, What is the thing you were most confident in with Jamal Murray going into the playoffs and i know a lot of our conversation is going to be well it depends on the matchup but we're going to talk about this in more general senses because he will have to like the cumulative over three series will tell us a story so what's the thing you're most confident in with jamal murray going into the playoffs
1: um i think that he's going to be aggressive that he'll be confident we've just only (laughs) seen him be confident in the playoffs and aggressive (laughs) you're laughing but it's important like denver needs somebody that has the confidence to match you know Jokic I think in the past couple years they've had a bunch of guys willing to fit in but not necessarily a lot of guys willing to stand out and I think Jamal Murray for them to be their best he has to pick his spots appropriately which I think to his credit I think he's done for most of the part for most of his career he's done a very good job of like picking his spots but the Nuggets need him to really stand out and I would say that's the most confident thing I have about him is that he's not going to just be passive he's going to be aggressive
0: Yeah, I think uh, for me, honestly, it's that he's gotten much better about getting everybody involved. His assist rate this season, I think kind of shows that Um, it's not just that he's played with the bench, but I've actually seen a lot of development of chemistry between him and MPJ and him and Aaron and him and KCP Um, him kind of transitioning to not a pure point, but he's definitely more of a floor general than he was earlier in his career. Now he can still have massive scoring purposes, but I think the balance is really important and he I've I think Jamal's career journey has been really fascinating and I think it's like really impressive to see how he's kind of transitioned through um, through the arc of his career and this first season back you know a lot of it was there, he had a lot on his plate trying to get back into rhythm and, and being comfortable on the floor again uh, I do think that with the opponents that they're going to face there's going to be a lot of times when teams are going to absolutely sell out on Jokic like there will be times when they're going to be like, well, we're going to play him single coverage, and we're going to try and make him be a scorer, and that becomes a Jokic question. Um, but there is going to be a lot of times when teams are going to be like, look, we can't handle him in the single, you know, one on one, or they're switching. And in those situations, I think Jamal's best ability is not just to hit tough shots like it used to be. He has more in the bag now in terms of creating shots for others, and that's going to be crucial because the Nuggets need to continue to prioritize high quality looks. And you can say like that's always a thing. I think the Nuggets are better equipped to create high-quality looks than they've ever been in the playoffs. I've always been kind of like, look, you're going to have to hit tough shots at the playoffs, and that continues to be true. But they are better built to beat defenses now than they've ever been, and they need to lean into that because it it increases your margin for error significantly if you can create better looks.
1: No question about it. And the numbers bear it out. He's averaging 6.8 assists per 36 minutes this year, which is far and away his best career mark. His previous high was 5.4. Um, and honestly, he's been consistent in his career, 5.3, 5.4, 4.9. So for this year to be up at 6.8, it just shows you that he's been more successful getting assists and, and creating shots for others. Um, his numbers, Matt, where would you guess this season ranks for Jamal Murray in points per 36 minutes Ooh. in his career? Second? First. Huh. It doesn't feel that way no but he ranks first i mean now granted it's close 20.1 20.6 21.5 21.9 so it's more or less in line but the fact that it's actually above you know his previous output is i think pretty encouraging um and then if you ask me a second thing and this was i wish this was the first thing but i and maybe with more time i would have bumped it up to to the first thing the two-man game with jokic I just trust that they're going to be able to get to it in key spots and to perform. What's weird is, and if there's one thing that actually does bother me about the last month of the season, I just feel like we haven't seen the Jokic Murray two man game very often in the last month, but we have seen it for the last seven years. So I'm going to have to just say, they'll probably get back to that pretty seamlessly.
0: It's going to be an interesting question, right? Like, um, you know, I would lean towards your way of thinking in terms of like, I think they've earned the trust. Of playing together but because we haven't seen it it hasn't been as, as much a featured part of the offense this year as as you maybe would have expected and that's for a number of reasons one is that they haven't needed it right like it's it's a it's not bailout option but it's definitely a okay we need to like get some buckets here let's spam some pick and roll and there's been a couple of games but not a lot of that and they haven't needed to and that's encouraging for their overall strength But I do think it'll be interesting to kind of see like what it looks like in the playoffs. Will it be like riding a bike where it's just like, oh, yeah, this is they they were able to just, you know, destroy teams down the stretch running that that two man game over and over again? Or, you know, is is has the team evolved into a different place with it for a number of reasons? I think it's an interesting question, if nothing else. I mean, I
1: can't imagine they've evolved away from it because it's too good. Again, I I'm glad that Denver doesn't only run Jokic Murray two man game. But I do think in the clutch, it's your best bet. It's low turnover. You're probably not going to turn the ball over when you go to those two guys. Um, And then, you know, teams, generally speaking, then you're going to put your shooters in the corners. You're going to space them out properly and trust that those two can make plays. And again, we just haven't seen it too much recently. But I hope in round one, that's what we're talking about. I hope we're talking about a comfortable Nuggets win in round one. And we're talking about why did they win? Because when push came to shove, they went to the thing that nobody
0: could stop. Nemanja asked us how many minutes per game will Jamal Murray play in the first round? Um, I have a different question for you, which is uh, because he'll play 35 plus. I think. Do you think Jamal gets better, worse, or stays the same with increased minutes usage?
1: (laughs) You're saying like this year or in his career this year? Um, like going forward. Um, I don't know. I think probably. I think most players probably improve the more they play. I think over time it wears you down. But I think generally speaking, for players, the more you're on the court, the more you're just comfortable.
0: Okay. I kind of think that he stays the same. I don't necessarily like. He's That's not a guy good. who's. I think his high cat. Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> wow, this is a first on Locked On Nuggets. Most teams, <laughs> I think, uh, most players tend to get worn down. My cat is rummaging around she snuck in i thought i closed that door um right on his shoulder wow yeah yeah she's she's a baby so she thinks she can do whatever she wants um i think most players get fatigued i think jamal's fatigue factor was high early in the season i am curious to see whether or not like what condition he's in right now Yep. because it's he's been banged up he's played inconsistently I am kind of curious to see what the fatigue factor looks like for him in the postseason. I mean, his um,
1: conditioning in general is the biggest question mark. I, his conditioning, which means – I mean, he's in good shape. But what I mean is you look at some of the guys – by the way, Ach- Baji stood out to me in this way. He's a rookie playing on Utah out of Kansas. When he came into the season, he wasn't heavy or overweight. He just looked a certain way, like he looked like an in-shape athlete. When I saw him this other day – by the way, he looked great playing for Utah against Denver – He looked like five pounds leaner, not that he needed five pounds to lose, but he just looked like a guy that had gone from 98th percentile shape to 100th percentile. And sometimes those margins matter. That's the thing I look for most from Jamal Murray is just, does he look like he's blowing by guys and getting to the rim? And then Ryan Blackburn had a spat, uh, a stat that he posted post all-star break, which is also post injury for Jamal Murray. His pull-up jump shooting numbers hadn't looked very great. Obviously, that's a huge part of what makes Denver dynamic in the clutch. So, I mean, I'm looking for those things as well from him. What's the biggest thing you're worried about with Jamal? Um, man, that's a good question. I think that the, the trend to end the season, you know, he's one of the guys that I think it was a little, maybe a little concerning going into the playoffs. Just in that, right before he got injured, right before the All-Star break, he looked like, I honestly, I'll stand by it. He looked like bubble Jamal to me. He looked like he was back to that top level of himself, albeit for like five games. Just can he get there? Because if he's not there, I think Denver can survive the first round if he's like just regular season Jamal. But there's no way they're beating, you know, the Warriors or the Suns or even the Lakers if he's not at his top form.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I have some concerns defensively. Um, Jamal worked really hard to go from a liability to a really solid, good. Defender before his injury, teams went at him over the back half of the year, whether they were targeting him by putting involving him in pick and rolls or f- putting him in switches with the one through four and getting him in those situations and then going after him. And there is always this question of like, look, if you're posting up a guy, most guys are not great in the post, and those are inherently like a fadeaway post up is inherently gonna be like a lower percentage shot. So like can you live with it, right? I think there's a wear and tear that that matters there. And the other thing is like, this is a psychological effect that no matter what happens, I don't know why this is a, like, p- players have a really hard time trusting a guy to handle a tough matchup. Like, and it's a positive thing because they're like, I want to help. Like, I don't want to leave you on an island. Like, I'm not going to let you have to do this by yourself. I'm here to defend with you. But the problem is, is like, what that inherently creates is now you're scrambling. Like your whole purpose of switching is to avoid that. And if you start helping off now, you've got a guy in a mismatch with another guy coming and somebody's open. And that's a high leverage situation. So whether it's the nuggets staying home and trusting Jamal and just living with those results or Jamal being able to handle the physical battle that ensues on those switches, not just in post-ups, but ISOs as well. That's a thing I have some concerns about going into the playoffs.
1: I think having KCP is going to mitigate a lot of that. There will be matchups where he'll be needed. We just did this on DNBR yesterday where we went through every matchup and we're like, is this a good offensive matchup for each player and defensive matchup? And I was surprised that there were a lot of matchups, like say the Lakers, for example. Yes, there's some guys that can score. I guess they have Westbrook. Maybe they're a bad example. This, we think about when we think playoffs, we think Warriors-Suns. Those are obviously insanely difficult matchups for him. But there are a handful of teams out there where you go, you know what? That's not too bad. I mean, the Pelicans are another one of these. They've got CJ McCollum, who's probably going to be guarded by KCP. But then they have a bunch of other guards that aren't like creators. They're not necessarily taxing to defend. So I do think that there's a lot of matchups that Murray just won't be challenged in that way. And I think that'll be good for him to be able to mix and match when he has to go really hard defensively.
0: Is your mic just, did your mic just die? Yes,
1: I, yes, I think I broke it. <laughs> it's
0: a bad omen. Bad omen for the playoffs. Sorry, right, we got time. We'll have to get a, some work done with a Sherpa and get the, the mic healed. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll On the other side, we'll talk about Michael Porter Jr. And we'll go through the same kind of ideas about what's important for him. And the Nuggets, I think especially, that's a bigger question that I'm interested in as far as what his role is going to be, how much they trust and empower him. We'll talk about that. On the other side, first, I need to tell you about Game Time. Um, game Time, one of the things I really like is that they've got these flash deals and last-minute tickets. Like, tickets are so expensive, and I wind up spending a lot of time debating whether I should buy them or not. And by the time I decide, they're gone. Hi, cat. Uh, game Time gets you around that with flash deals and last-minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. <clears throat> back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. appreciate you guys being with us and making us your first listen. Uh, so, Adam, we're talking about – mpJ now let's move to him um I'll go first on this one the thing that I feel most confident with uh, in terms of mpJ uh is he is less of a liability than teams are going to expect on defense that's not the strongest thing like I I feel like the offense is a given I know what he is as a shooter I know how complete he is but one of the stronger things I think that's really important for the playoffs, he's going to be on that scouting report for like you can attack him on switches. We want to go at him. And even if he's not necessarily on that scouting report, that's what a lot of players will choose based off of reputation and what they've seen from him in years past. And so I think that there's a good chance here for MPJ to get some stops where teams are are like we wanted to attack this matchup and then they find out game one game two like this is just not working the way that we did and once you get guys out of their first game plan that's like the first step is all right make them go to their next plan make them adjust i think mpj on both ends of the floor really has a really strong chance of being a player that forces the opponent to adjust to the nuggets
1: i think it's a really good point i want to start my response by going back to Murray, because some people in here say, are you not worried about him getting beat one-on-one? I worry about Murray the same way I worry about Jokic and that I just don't think he put a lot of effort into defense, but I think he's capable of being a better defender than he showed. With Michael Porter, you're right that he has looked a lot better defensively, and I'm encouraged by that, and I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic about it. I will say teams, (laughs) I think it gets overstated, the playoffs being different from the regular season in a lot of ways, but one way I don't think it is is that we – There's only a few games this whole year where we saw that strategy that you're talking about. Let's just try to clear out, set an ideal matchup for us, maximum spacing, and get Michael Porter on an island. We didn't see that very often. One game we did see it was in the second game at Sacramento. I think it was in January or December. And he looked pretty bad to to trying to defend De'Aaron Fox in open space. That was, if you remember, a doubleheader. They played him one day and then played him the next day. So it's a game where you probably are able to make adjustments more so than in a typical regular season game and Michael Porter did not look good there so for me if you told me I think I if I if you told me is he for sure going to be a better defensive player this year than in years past I just can't say for sure I think he is there's a lot of evidence that he's going to be better but in the playoffs I do think there's going to be very talented teams that test him there and if you remember Christmas day he got switched out onto an island and one play that sticks in my mind He got switched out onto an island on Devin Booker, and I think he jumped at a pump fake and got beat by like four steps to the rim. There have been plays like that this year where if you just told me that's more what he'll look like in the playoffs, it's at least within the realm of possibility.
0: Yeah, the effort's been there, and that's been a big reason why I think he's gotten more trust from Malone, um, despite that benching that caused such an uproar. Um, I'm actually worried a little bit about the off-ball stuff. So I think he's gotten much better in terms of of being targeted and picking roles because he knows what to expect. Like you work on that constantly, you focus on it and you can kind of like, okay, like you run anything at a player enough times and they're going to get tired of getting beat and they'll get a little bit better at it. Right. What I do think is you can wind up manipulating. This is especially true if they wind up seeing the Warriors. Now it's, that's a long ways off. That's not going to be until conference finals, but if you, have a team like them not just with stuff but clay as well that's constantly hitting you with motion like that's a lot it, individual actions like one action mpJ's gotten a lot better at can he have the multiple mental effort to stay with okay switch call out this no all right d- you know get around this screen okay play stopped don't turn around like don't ball watch because the second you do they're gone right? And again, the good news, honestly, is that Phoenix doesn't operate like that. That's not how Phoenix's offense operates. They're much more like individual single actions based off of their talent. But I am curious to see, depending on who they face, if MBJ can handle that many sequences over the course of a possession. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's he's always been a guy that the focus part and the like multi-calculations part have been tough for him. So, I mean, I'm concerned about that part as well. And I am, if you ask me, actually, my top concern for Michael Porter, outside of just injury, I mean, against the long playoffs, you play really hard, is will Malone trust him? Because there have been times this year where Malone has gone to a different option, in my opinion, too quickly. And I just think that in the playoffs, in round one, game one especially, that leash might be a little bit longer. But I do think Malone's safety blanket slash first adjustment is always going to be to put one of the other defenders in in his place.
0: yeah, yeah, you're right. um He needs to trust him. you're absolutely right that he needs he needs to have more faith in him, um especially, I'll say this though, like jamal i i I don't know how to like evaluate this in terms of like opportunity in the playoffs. Um Jamal, I think, can have big moments, but he's had them before. MPJ, honestly, to me, can like he can have series where he defines it. Like he can have games and sequences where he put he has wanted so long to put himself on the map. Right? And this is not do what?
1: MPJ, you're
0: saying? Yeah.
1: You think he might be overzealous because this no,
0: I think it's good. Like, I think I want him to do that. I want him to take tough shots. I want him to break the defense when they're like, Yes. All right. Like, we got the ball out of Jokic's hands. We made all the perfect rotations. Are you kidding me? He made another one. Like, that's massive. You, when you do those things, it the one of the key things is how much you can get defenses out of where they want to be. Like, Can you force them into desperation? Can you force them into scrambling? Can you get them out of game plan? Because once you do that, they have to adjust, and then you counter to theirs. Like, this chess match is really important in playoff series, in my opinion. And I think MPJ has a huge opportunity to be able to be the player that does that, maybe more than any player on the team, because all of the game plan is built around Jokic. They have, like, one, two, three, four, five plans for Jokic. They have to and yeah. PJ is a guy that they're going to have like all right a base plan for you force them to start to adjust to him more and that's going to open up it's going to make things that much easier for Denver.
1: Well, I think it's going to come down to timely threes. And first of all, I think Michael Porter has been sneaky clutch in his career so far. It's flown under the radar, but he has some very big fourth quarter performances and even clutch shots including in the playoffs against Portland a couple of years back. But I think the way the rhythm Of the playoffs is part of the psychological battle of it in the regular season there's not really a rhythm to it you play a game or whatever in the playoffs though you might go game one two where michael porter is a supporting cast member where he's kind of in the corner and they're doing this and then game three a team makes an adjustment that is hey it's going to leave the end result of this adjustment is michael porter is going to be open a little bit more just a little bit more open and in those games it's that's when you really have to punish a team and you have to punish them early. They make an adjustment. Well, Michael Porter goes two for two for three in the first quarter. After that adjustment, and Denver's up more than they would have been had the adjustment not been made. It's a psychological hit to the other team of man, we adjusted and now Michael Porter has got 12 first quarter points and, and he's going, and now we have to think, is this adjustment working? So it's the timeliness of game one. I might not get a whole lot of shots because of how they guarded us game two, whatever, but when a team makes an adjustment, you got to knock them down.
0: I'm so excited for the playoffs. Like, you and I have all these, like, concern points about things. Zamora as MPJ is the X factor, and, and they're right. Um, and, I think
1: him and Aaron Gordon are are huge, just huge X factors, and they'll probably alternate which one is the X factor on a night-to-night basis.
0: But I'm so excited again, for the playoffs. Teams like, have to the,
1: adjust to take one of those guys away. The, there's, the such
0: a, there's such an opportunity for these guys. As much as, like, right. I have all these concerns – like there's just such an opportunity on the table for this team to <clears throat> yeah. to make history. So, uh, on the other side, we'll talk about the Wolves and the Lakers play-in game tournament. We'll talk about what the Nuggets' preferred outcome for that game should be. We'll do that on the other side first. I need to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available, and they've got projections on any sport you want to watch. NBA playoffs, right there. I'll give you one right now. Isaac Okoro, play the overs. He's got to play a lot. If he's healthy, he's got to play a lot in the series versus the Knicks, uh, he's the only one that can slow down Jalen Brunson. The numbers bear that out. Uh, MLB, how about them? Rockies, NHL, how about them? Avs, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, uh, soccer, WNBA starts soon. Excited for that. Esports, NASCAR, tennis, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made. In 60 seconds or less, it's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. You got Calvin on the DMVR show today? Yeah, he's coming in studio. That's excited exciting.
1: Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, excited
0: for it. I, uh, I see him, it?
1: Some, somebody on here saying watch DNVR yesterday. My read, media expects an early exit. I think I project nervousness, Matt. <laughs> I think I project it more than I intend to. I mean, my thing is the Nuggets are capable of winning it all or losing in the first round. i I don't think they're going to win in the first round. I think Denver, most of the matchups they could see in the first round, are I think are pretty favorable. And I think it's a really good opportunity for them to tune up. So I don't, I don't necessarily feel this like doom and gloom about the Nuggets right now.
0: Um, the scale, I think, for comparison is probably most confident is Ryan Blackburn. Harrison's probably second most confident. Would you agree?
1: He might be first, to be honest. He's very confident. And yeah, Bryn, Brendan, yeah. Brendan, vote too. I think Brendan vote yeah. also. Harrison and Brendan, you,
0: and then like way down, way down at the bottom is me.
1: Oh, so you're, oh, you're on. pretty
0: out on the Nuggets. Yeah, I'm pretty out. So okay. I got three. I have three, and not, not trying to diverse jinx it. Just I got three months of them playing bad and three months of them playing good. They're gonna have to show me. Like, yeah. would love for them to show me, show me. But yeah. you know, at some point, you keep telling me who you are, which is like, well. When, when the other team is traveling and tired, we're great. And when we're locked in, you know, when we're on the road, not so much. So um, we'll see how it works out. But, look, I think the opportunity in front of them is awesome. Like, if you tell me the Nuggets made the finals, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God. Like, it would, you know, I was really high on them back in December and January. And if they – if y'all are right on the confidence scale – then I'm going to go back and be like, I should have just trusted them because I've always said that like the beginning of the season and the end of the season are messy. So uh, honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I have less of a feel for this entire league right now. than I've ever. This
1: is my whole thing about the NBA. This is actually why I think confident, not confident. It's more that the NBA was a charade this entire regular season. So all the projections are based on, they're almost like more preseason projections than they are regular season. Like we just watched a regular season and we're like, Yeah, I'll throw that out. I still think
0: that's how we're making all of our predictions. And history. Like history says that the Warriors are not making it. The Lakers are not making it. The Suns are not making it. Like nine teams since nineteen eighty have won a conference finals as lower than a three seed. Nine. Like there's precedent for any
1: of the Western conference teams. Somebody is going to break precedent to make it to the finals. Now, whether they win the finals, that would be really breaking it. But just making it out, none of the teams have all the indicators.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about this playing game tonight. So the Wolves take on the Lakers in the matchup. Rudy Gobert suspended for the game for punching Kyle Anderson.
1: Carl Anthony um, Towns
0: questionable. And do what? Carl Anthony Towns is questionable. Are you kidding me? I think he has illness. Oh, my God. I'm glad I gave that pick out yesterday on the Bucket Show. Um, I mean, no, Jaden McDaniels broke his down. hand. And no Nas Reed. So Anthony Davis is going to score a million points in this game, and he's going to shoot a million free throws. Um, if Towns can go, I actually still like the Wolves a little bit. Um, the reason is I like Minnesota in these spots where it's like everything's against them. This is a great, like, nobody believes in a spot. This is like an awesome, like, the whole world is like, what clowns, what a trash organization. You traded five picks. The Lakers, their time to shine, fait accomplished. The Lakers are, are flawed, too. And the Wolves tend to hang. The other thing is that the Wolves yeah,
1: are 11th. I, I misspoke. Calf
0: injury. Calf injury. Um, great. Uh, the, they only missed
1: 50 games with that this
0: year. Yeah, should be fine. Um, the Wolves, since the All Star break, so this is after the trade with the, the, the Lakers made and the Wolves made, uh, they're 11th in three pointers made for 100 possessions. The, the Lakers are 20th. So it's there's a math game opportunity here for the Wolves to be able to to sneak a win. Uh, Lakers are, are, should be favored. They are favored. They're significant favorites. They were. Are eight, they, what so is much the line on Fanduel? It's uh, I believe it's eight. Okay, eight points. Wow, that's a pretty massive line. Um, eight and a half in some spots, actually. How many?
1: How many? You you might know this. You probably don't know it off the top of your head, but how many? Eight and a half point underdogs won games this season. I'll bet it's not many. I remember the biggest of the year, I think, was 14. So I'll bet you there's like a uh, real... Actually,
0: the, the highest was was actually versus the Wolves. It was the 19 and a half point underdog Blazers.
1: So. Really? Oh, yeah, that was just the other day. You're right. That was after the Charlotte wins over Dallas, which yeah. was like 14 and a half.
0: Uh, I will tell you that the those numbers are up this season considerably compared to history. <laughs> um, let's see. Line. Look at this. If you... Home favorites of more than seven and a half this season won 79.4% of the time.
1: Eight and a half is just 79%. That's not that much. That's like way lower than I thought.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and they only covered 50% of the time, notably 50 point. Yeah. 4. But still,
1: if that tells you there's Vegas thinks the Lakers have an 80% chance of winning, that's pretty high. So, I mean, I hope so. I want them on that. I want them to get the seven Z not fall to a nervous uh, play next play. Yeah. I was going to
0: say like, let me ask you this. I want you to rank this. Okay. Um, it's not really a ranking. How much is the value of the Lakers not being in the Nuggets bracket worth to you relative to the chance that they might not make it at all? I know the odds are slim, but if they do lose this game... I don't think they're
1: that slim. If they lose this game, like, New Orleans is a good matchup. You know, like, that. New Orleans is tough. I think that that would be a tough game for the Lakers, even at home. I think playing two hard games in a row is something the Lakers have only done, like, three times all year. So I, I think that would be, you know... I don't know. I mean, here's my thing, Matt. I don't want to play the Lakers because I think it'd be too nerve-wracking, but the Nuggets are too good for me to sit here and worry about it. Like they they need I can't sit here when and did say you
0: come to this conclusion? Because it feels like this is a, a recent considering how much No,
1: no. I mean, honestly, it's just the logical one of it <laughs> you're confessing you don't really believe in the team if you're really trying to stack the deck for the for a team that the Lakers that have like Agree. repeatedly shown that they're not that good.
0: Agree. Um, then being in the seven, I think is, is a pretty good outcome. Like, I don't love that matchup for Memphis. I think they probably beat Memphis. Uh, but then they'll probably have to get through the Warriors. Like I like the Warriors or the Kings versus the Lakers in that second round.
1: I think the Warriors will beat them.
0: Um,
1: if not the Grizzlies.
0: Like here, like here, well, this is like a really good question. Would you rather have had the Suns in your bracket or, Uh, the Lakers and Warriors? Like, which of those two would you rather have?
1: The Suns. Yeah. I mean, I still think Denver... I know everybody's looking at that Suns one as this, like, doomsday. I mean, Denver can beat them. I think they're going to be pretty good underdogs, but it's not, like... It's not inevitable.
0: This, I mean, again, we this kind of gets back to what we're talking about with the season. Nobody knows how good the Suns are. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how good... Like, there's an idea of the Suns, but nobody knows how good they are. And that, that question mark is really that's kind of the thing is your opinion on the nuggets is largely based off of like, I just don't think that they're that good if they're, if that's like your take, right. Um, with the Suns it's well, I don't know that they're that good, but right. And it's interesting because the, the nuggets are the one that's actually done the thing. Like they are the ones seed they do have the wins. Like they are a proven product. Um, so it's really interesting that there's like a lot of this idea of the idea of teams like there's a lot of faith in the idea of teams in the Western conference versus the nuggets who have been like yeah no when we're not locked in we're extremely beatable but when we are best of luck to you so um all right well, let's, well I want I want to rank this uh, the best outcome is for you is obviously Lakers lose both like Lakers lose both games
1: Sure, I mean, because I hate the Lakers, and I would love for LeBron to miss the playoffs.
0: Okay. Second is Lakers win tonight. Okay. Third is Lakers uh, lose tonight, win next game. Like that's the worst option, right?
1: Only because of this. Again, Denver needs to beat him, But only we'll because talk about this for a minute. Says, I want Lakers to hear this. me out. It would be less fun, more rewarding in the end, but less fun, I think, to have to go through that anguish.
0: Talk about why it's so stressful for you. I,
1: I mean, I just don't like the Lakers, and I don't like the NBA because of how they treat the Lakers. So I think the Lakers winning in the playoffs in any capacity, even if they just go against a two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies and beat them, to me it would be such a horrible thing for the league. They haven't done anything right. The Lakers have not done anything right for, I don't know, 10 years. It would be such a – especially in, including and especially this season. They did not approach the season with the appropriate um, like respect for the league of the regular season. They didn't build this roster through you know, hard work and great micro moves and this or that. And so for them to win would be such a – especially to beat a team like Memphis or a Denver, it would just be such a ridiculous outcome, I think, for the league. Which, by the way, would be a financial win for the league. A, so they represent just so many things that I don't like about the league. I would, I would, I would absolutely hate it.
0: Let's pretend – and I agree with you; it's a pretend situation. But let's pretend that they're that they the Nuggets get a fair whistle in a matchup versus the Lakers. Give me like your Jokic AD analysis without the prospect of foul trouble.
1: Jokic scores on Anthony Davis. Well, he just doesn't guard him well. So I think it would be a series where both guys put up ridiculous stat lines within the line within the you know for Jokic that's a monster triple double for Anthony Davis it's a monster double-double with a lot of, you know, defensive blocks and this or that. Um, so to me, like that series is a Jokic 30, 14, and 7. Because in the playoffs, the assists are always a little harder to come by. And then for Anthony Davis, that's probably like 32, 12, five blocks or four four blocks and steals. Um, I just think both guys would have really good series.
0: Okay. All right, that's going to do if it. You're, you're
1: talking about the, the no Falcon. That that's the difference is the fouls. If they're yeah. if there's not fouls, I still I think Denver wins, but both guys go up.
0: That's gonna do it for Locked On Nuggets for your Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. So the Nuggets practice tomorrow in the afternoon. So we're not gonna do a morning show. We're gonna wait and do a show that night to recap practice. That's what you'll hear from us on Wednesday hey, do you night. Know what's sure do what? Do you know it's in the afternoon. Do what? You know it's in the afternoon. More I might be morning. I, okay, if if okay. it's morning I didn't know it's
1: gonna if be it hurts. Like, you saw I just checked Yeah no, 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 if
0: it's morning it's going to be like 11 right or um,
1: noon availability
0: yeah well let me put it this way if it's if they say it's 11 then we're we will we will talk to them at noon um even if that's when they're supposed to be done so yeah we'll do, we'll do a night show on Wednesday night and then Thursday and Friday depending on schedules we'll probably plan on night shows so we'll we'll make sure to try and update you as much as we can I'll try and hit the Twitter and let you know when the live show is going to be so you guys can know when to expect those episodes. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Have yourselves a great week. We will talk to you tomorrow. We'll react to the Lakers-Wolves game as well as practice on tomorrow's show. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.